Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Today's episode is brought to you by the Zero to Hero Coach Inner Circle. This is my six-month, hands-on, customizable coaching program where I'm taking you through how to book clients consistently, how to market and sell your offers with confidence, and how to structure your business. So your offer, your niche, your pricing, your social media strategy plan, your local marketing strategy plan. These are the kinds of things that we work on so that you can create more financial and time freedom in your life with a business that you love. And it is available with some open spots. So if you want to join us, come to HaleyRowe.com, book your free strategy consults, and we can talk more about how it works and if it's a good fit for you. Let's get started with the show. Hello, today I am live with Dr. Bradley Nelson, and I'm so excited because we're going to be talking about how you can be a better coach, of course, by managing your emotions, and he's going to share a little bit more about the emotional code. So welcome to the show, and why don't you just start by sharing a little bit more about your story and how you came up with the emotional code and what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the... Um... The book looks like this. It's uh, the it's the emotion code, and um, the title is "How to Release Your Trapped Emotions for Abundant Health, Love, and Happiness." Uh, so, l- let me explain how this works. I was a holistic uh, physician for about twenty years, and uh, what I found was that um, all of the people that I worked with, uh, no matter what they were suffering from, or no matter how old they were whether they were dealing with physical pain like migraine headaches or neck pain or back pain, or if they were dealing with things like depression or anxiety, uh, panic attacks, self-sabotage, eating disorders, um, or whether they had been diagnosed with some uh, disease process. What I found was that all of these people had something in common. And uh, and I came to call that uh, their emotional baggage. So let me explain how this happens. Um, When you experience an emotion, and we all go through this every day multiple times, right? Things happen throughout each day, and certain emotions tend to come up for us. Sometimes we might feel a little resentment come up, or we might feel a little anger, or we we might feel a little depressed, or a little anxious, or a little lost, or whatever. Um, What happens is there's there's a normal process that occurs. So when an emotion comes up because because there's something going on in your life, uh, you start to feel that emotion and that emotion really is an energy. Uh, The human body is just a very complex energy field. Uh, Some quantum physicists recently figured out that if you could remove all the empty space in between all the atoms in everybody's body in the world, you could put all 7.8 billion, or I guess it's 5.8 billion people in the world into a little box the size of a sugar cube, right? Everybody could fit in there. And so our bodies are really energy. And, uh, you know, if you talk to any 
physicists, any quantum physicists, they'll all tell you the same thing. That's absolutely true. Well, everything is really energy. I mean, the chair you're sitting on, the desk you're sitting at, um, the walls of your home, the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, everything is made of energy. Now, when you're feeling a certain emotion, you're feeling a certain frequency of vibration. Um, Nikola Tesla said, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So emotions are frequencies. They're certain vibrations of energy. So anger is a different vibration than grief and so on. Well, anyway, what happens is when you, when you start feeling a certain emotion, um, think about the process. You start to feel the physical feelings that come with that. You start to feel the thoughts that come along with that. And then most of the time what happens is you acknowledge that emotion and then you allow that emotion to dissipate and, and it goes away. And so there's like a little loop that's just happened. Okay. You start feeling it, you acknowledge it and it goes away and you move on. And so all day long, we're going through these little emotional cycles. And, um, sometimes though, what happens is that the emotional cycle gets interrupted in some way. Say for example, you were abused and you're, maybe your dad was a rageaholic or something. And so something goes wrong. Somebody, somebody does you wrong and you start to feel the emotion of anger, but because you made a decision early on in your life that anger was a really, really bad emotion, then you never, ever wanted to go there again. Um, you tend to stuff that emotion. And what that does is it stops that little emotional loop from completing. So the energy of that emotion is still there and uh, it becomes trapped in your body. So that becomes a little bit of emotional baggage, right? Now, another thing that happens is when that emotional loop starts and you start feeling an emotion because something's happening, Sometimes we don't just allow it to, to happen like an observer. Sometimes we decide, you know what? Yes, I am angry and I'm going to get really angry, right? And so, or whatever it is. And so we tend to feed into that emotion and uh, we can become very upset. That also will interrupt that emotional process so that rather than allowing that emotional process to complete, um, we mess with it. And so that energy becomes trapped in the body in that way as well. So we call these trapped emotions. And um, what trapped emotions do is they affect us in a couple of different ways. Uh, and I'll tell you a story to illustrate uh, uh, how this works. I think this is, this is very illustrative. There was a man that came into me many years ago, and um, he had really severe back pain, low back pain. And on a 0 to 10 scale, his pain was a 9. So he was one point away from going to the ER and uh, had been going on for a while. And um, so using the emotion code, I was able to find out what this was about, or, or I was able to find out that there was emotional baggage that was part of this. Now, how we do that is we tap into the subconscious mind. You see, we all have a conscious mind, and that's where we spend all of our waking hours, right? We take our tests, we have our relationships, you know, we work our jobs, we live our lives in the conscious mind. The subconscious mind, um, unlike the conscious mind, never goes to sleep. So when we go to sleep, the conscious mind shuts down and we're unconscious. But the subconscious mind is always running. It's keeping track of everything. It remembers everything you've ever done, every face you've ever seen in a crowd, everything you've ever eaten or tasted or touched or smelled, uh, the whole history of your health or disease, uh, the reasons why you might be feeling blocked, uh, you know, financially or socially or whatever, or physically are all in there in the subconscious mind. Now we tap into the subconscious mind 
using various different methods of muscle testing. Um, or you can use, there are other ways to do it too. You can use things like a pendulum or uh, any kind of dowsing instrument. So anyway, I was muscle testing this guy. So in other words, he's holding his arm out. I'm asking questions and his arm is staying strong for yes answers coming from his subconscious or his arm is dropping for no answers. And so I found out really quickly that um, he had a trapped emotion of anger. And that was part of this low back pain issue. And so uh, asking a few more questions, I found out this had actually become trapped in his body, this emotional energy, about 20 years before. And he immediately piped up and said, oh, I said, yeah, I know what that was about. <clears throat> he was working at this, uh, he was working at this place and he was falsely accused of something and he was just really, really enraged about it. And um, <clears throat> sure enough, that was it. And so I released that trapped emotion. Now to release a trapped emotion, you can use a magnet, any kind of magnet or even your hand. And uh, once you go through this little process to identify that bit of emotional baggage, that ball of emotional energy that is lodged in the body. Um, you can release it within just a few seconds. So I did, I just swiped down his back right in the middle a few times to release that baggage uh, down the governing meridian, we call it, which is a little river of energy that flows you know, right down the back. And um, instantly the pain went from a nine to a zero. Now he couldn't believe it. It was like a miracle had just occurred, right? Because he was in so much pain. And he kept walking around in my office and bending over and twisting this way and that way and, and exclaiming. And I was grateful that it worked so well, but I was surprised too. Um, so anyway, that was really interesting. Why did that happen? Well, you see, the body is just a very complex energy field. And when you introduce, when you experience an emotion in some way and you either stuff it or you become really involved with it, like I mentioned uh, the energy can become trapped in the body so that rather than being balanced, now we're imbalanced and we have this emotional energy that is stuck in the body. In his case, he had this ball of anger, literally, which is, it's odd to think about this, right? That an emotion could, could be an energy, but that's exactly how it works. And so he had this ball of anger in his low back that was distorting the energy field of his body. Now, when you distort the energy field of the body uh, just a little bit, but after years and years sometimes, it can start to really cause trouble. And so in his case, that distortion of his energy field, because it was really ultimately distorting uh, his physical body, uh, you see your body's just made of energy. So when you have an energy like a trapped emotion that's distorting the energy field of the body, ultimately it's interfering with the chemical reactions taking place in that area the blood flow, the lymph flow, uh, the flow of acupuncture, meridian energy. It's doing all kinds of things. And um, so when we release that energy, suddenly uh, the pain was gone because that, that wrenching, distorting force was suddenly disappeared, right? But that wasn't the end of the story. And the reason why this is such a great example is because of what happened later. So his back pain is gone. He comes back in to see me a couple of days later for a recheck. And, uh, and here's what he says to me. He says, Dr. Nelson, my, my back pain is still gone. I, I still can't believe it. But he said, um, you know, when I came in here, I had another problem that I didn't tell you about. He said, for as long as I can remember, I've been what you'd basically call a rageaholic. He said, uh, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids. He said, I'm just wired tight. 
and he said, um, I've been to anger management several times and it hasn't really helped me. Um, and he said, I've got to watch the road rage. And he said, I'm just, just an angry kind of a person and, and I don't like it. But he said, since you released that trapped emotional energy of anger from me, he said, I can't tell you how different I feel. I feel kind of at peace and kind of relaxed. And he said, things that used to really set me off now don't set me off anymore. And he said, I just can't quite wrap my head around how you did that or how this works. And at the time, uh, I said, well, I'm not really sure, but I'm glad you're doing better. But think about this now. <clears throat> if you're a coach and you're trying to help people to function better and feel better and achieve more, right? What you've got to take into consideration is the emotional baggage that that client has. What has that client been through in their life and what kind of baggage are they dragging around with them? I mean, you can think of everybody that you know and all of your coaching clients as dragging suitcases and steamer trunks behind them and they're full of rocks and those rocks are the emotional baggage that has uh, that they've picked up along the way in their life. And sometimes, uh, that baggage is not even their own. Sometimes, uh, sometimes that baggage has been passed down to them from uh, from an ancestor, and so um, uh, that's one of the things that is very unusual about the emotion code is that because we teach people how to tap in to that subconscious mind where all of the answers actually are, uh, people are able to find things that otherwise they'd never be able to find, and so. Um, uh, let me let me share one more story with you. Um, this uh, this story is actually in the in the Emotion Code book. Uh, I was at an event once that I was putting on. It was just a just a lecture. At the beginning of this lecture, uh, I was standing by the door greeting people as they were coming in, and so I was meeting everybody. And then I started my lecture, and uh, during the class, I asked for a volunteer. And this young woman comes up. She's about twenty, probably twenty one, twenty two. And uh, I asked her if she had any issues, and she, she said she didn't have any real issues. So I started doing some muscle testing with her. So again, I'm having her hold her arm out. This is one of the methods we teach. She's holding her arm out parallel to the floor. I'm asking questions, and her arm is strong for yes answers coming from her subconscious. It's weakening for no answers. So pretty quickly, I find out she has a trapped emotion. Now, how we do that is we use a chart. Let me see if I can find one in English here. Uh, here we go. So um, we have a chart that looks like this, and uh, there are 60 emotions on this chart, and they are, let's see if I can, there you go. There are 60 emotions on here. It's divided into two columns and six rows. So basically what we do is we talk to the subconscious mind, which already knows uh, what's on the chart, um, uh, even, if, uh, even if the person themselves has actually never seen it. The subconscious mind is tied into everything, into the database of universal intelligence, we call it. And anyway, so I started asking questions. Well, do you have a trapped emotion that we can release? Yes. Uh, is it in column A? Uh, actually, let's see. It was That was a yes. And so is it in row one? Yes. So these answers are coming from her arm, right? Strong for yes, weak for no. And so I asked, is it abandonment? No. Is it betrayal? No. Is it forlorn? Yes. That one was strong. And so I asked, well, all right, um, do we need to know more about this? In other words, does the subconscious mind want us to dig a little deeper before it will allow this to be released? And sometimes it does. And the answer was yes. So I traced it back. Um, it had happened earlier than age 10. 
earlier than age five. Uh, it a- actually happened in the first year of her life. And I thought to myself, well, she's probably not going to remember anything, you know, when she was a baby. Um, and sure enough, I asked her and she didn't have any idea what this was about. Forlorn is uh, kind of feeling all alone and hopeless and desolate, right? Kind of all rolled into one. And um, now I had happened to meet this young woman and her mother at the beginning of this event when I was greeting people at the door. So I thought, oh, um, her mother's here. Maybe her mother might know. Excuse me. So I looked out of the audience and there's her mother. And she's as white as a sheet. And she's got her hands up like this. And I said, hey, do you have any idea what this might be about? And she was super embarrassed. But, excuse me. She said she thought she did. Um, she said that um, in those days when her daughter was a baby and she was um, raising her, she said she used to use cloth diapers. And one day she accidentally pinned her daughter to her diaper and didn't know about it until she changed her the next time. And so here's this poor baby. You know, hang on one second. I got to get some water. I got something. No worries. <clears throat> well, he's gone. I will say, um, I think I've had two clients from his program and who've been students of his, and I've heard similar stories. So it's all, it's really, a, a, what's the word? A celebration and demonstration of how well you teach and how well your clients are impacted by <laughs> So. <laughs> well, thank you. So anyway, um, so her mother says, yes, she pinned her daughter to the diaper. She thinks maybe that's it, right? So for probably several hours, this poor baby has this safety pin through her flesh. She was, I'm sure she was crying the whole time and not getting any help. I mean, her mom must have been really overwhelmed. And um, so anyway, so I asked this young woman's subconscious mind. Remember, she has no conscious remembrance of this. So uh, I asked her subconscious mind, is that what created this? And the answer was yes, strong. And so uh, so I asked, do we need to know anything else about this? And the answer was no. So we went ahead and I just released that trapped emotion by just sliding a magnet or my hand, I don't remember, down her back a few times. So she goes back and sits down. And I kind of forgot about it. About 10 days later, I get an email from this girl's mother and uh, She said, my daughter didn't tell you this, but she said she's had a problem with her hip and her knee on one side, uh, starting at about age nine or 10, as I recall. And she said, it's been slowly, gradually getting worse. uh, And it's, it's sort of started to affect a little bit the way she walks. And she said, we've taken her to different people and um, nobody's been able to figure it out really or fix it. And so she's just kind of taking it for granted that that's something that she just has and that she lives with. So when you asked her if she had a problem, she didn't tell you because it's something that she just accepts. But she said the moment you release that trapped emotion of forlorn from her, uh, that pain that she's had all this time instantly left. And she said, not only that, uh, she's feeling this new lightness of being that she's never felt before. She said, she's telling everybody about this. And she said, I waited 10 days because I wanted to see if this was just a fluke or if this was real, but she said, it is not coming back. Uh, and um, she said, I just wanted you to know what, you know, the, the, what the result was from releasing that. Now think about that. That's one trapped emotion. Now what you have to understand as a coach is that the human body manifests 
symptoms because of the imbalances that are going on within the body. So if you have physical pain, for example, or you have a client that's got some kind of physical pain, there's about, an, there's about a 90% chance that there's emotional baggage that's driving that pain. Now imagine as a coach being able to, to take your coaching practice to another level entirely where if people are having physical issues, you can actually help them. And uh, not only that, but you, know, you think about the guy, for example, that had, uh, uh, that had the low back pain, who all of a sudden is no longer a rageaholic. Think about all the emotional baggage that, um, uh, that your clients might have. Think about your own emotional baggage. What about you? Um, what are you dealing with as you're trying to navigate life? Uh, is there emotional baggage that you might have? And the answer is we all have emotional baggage. Even though Haley, you know, we usually uh, we usually refer to emotional baggage in terms when we're referring to another person, right? Oh, you know that guy; he's got a lot of emotional baggage. Well, we all have it, right? So the emotion code is just a really easy, simple way to find that baggage and get rid of it. And um, and I have to tell you about really the most important part of the emotion code, and something that is really so simple yet um, can really change your life and can change the lives of your clients and has changed so many lives now all over the world. Um, we have over, uh, we've got over 10,000 unsolicited testimonials from people all over the world. Um, we have, we certify people in the emotion code for people who want to actually do this for a living. It's a beautiful thing to add to your, uh, your coaching practice certifications. Um, and, um, uh, it's not expensive and we've got, uh, those people are all over the world, 80, uh, 80 different countries. But anyway, um, uh, let's see. I wanted to tell you about the heart. The heart really, um, is such an interesting organ back in the 1960s when doctors started doing heart transplants, it didn't take long before they started noticing strange things. Patients would come back to them sometimes and they would say, you know, my taste in food has completely changed since I got my heart transplant. Why is that? Or they'd say, my taste in music, uh, you know, I never cared for classical. Now I'm listening to it all the time. And there are these certain passages that I, I can't get out of my head. It's so weird. Or they'd say, um, you know, my, my taste in sports, uh, I didn't really care about sports. Now I'm going to every game and it's, I, you know, I can't, it's really weird. I'm really into baseball now since I got my new heart. Well, why is that? Sometimes they would say, you know, my handwriting is completely different now since I got my heart transplant. Uh, and, or sometimes they would say things like, you know, this is so weird, doc, but I have memories now of being in Rome and I've never left the county. How is that even possible? I've never left the state. I've never been outside the U.S. How is that possible? And in every case, when these people were connected with the family of the heart donor, they would find out, oh, oh yes, well, our son played baseball and loved it all of his life. That must be why you love it now. Or they'd say, well, yeah, our daughter was a chef and her favorite specialty was Chinese food. And so you really love Chinese food now and you didn't care for it before. Or they'd say, well, oh my gosh, that's our son's handwriting that you have now. How weird is that? Or they'd say things like, well, yes, our daughter visited Rome every year. She loved Rome. And now you have memories of being in Rome, but you've never in your whole life visited there. 
those must be her memories. How weird is that, right? So the heart is this very unique organ that contains the memories and the the affinities, the things we really uh, we really care about, right? So um, anciently, um, the ancient civilizations believed that the heart was the seat of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance and the core of our being, right? And in the West, um, we've never really given any credence to those ancient ideas um, because, you know, we just, if we think about it at all, we just think, well, those ancient peoples, they were so romantic, you know, they were so poetic. But now we know from modern studies with incredibly sophisticated, incredibly sensitive instruments, that um, when you're feeling love or affection for another person, that there's an energy exchange between your hearts and your heart rates will synchronize. And um, when you're feeling love or affection for another person, uh, your heartbeat will show up in their brain waves and so on. So um, it's all really interesting. Well, um, what, what we discovered um, back in 1998, was that um, when you feel like your heart is going to break and you feel those physical sensations that go along with that, like there's an elephant sitting on your chest or like you're choking, like you can't breathe. Haley, have you ever felt that? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like a pit mm -hmm. in my stomach or just like tight here. Okay. And so most of us have been through something like that and sometimes multiple times, right? And so what's going on in that circumstance is that your heart is really under assault. And so the subconscious mind will try to protect your heart. And what it will do is it will put up a wall around your heart. And what we have found is that that wall, it's an invisible wall. You can't see it, but it's made of energies, specifically your emotional baggage. So what will happen is the subconscious mind will put up layers of emotional energy around your heart to protect your heart from being broken. And it's a great, um, it's a great short term thing. You know, if the bombs are falling, you're being abused, you're going through the divorce, whatever it is. But then um, when the bully moves away or the divorce is finalized or you quit that awful job with that toxic boss and you get a better job, yet uh, your heart remains um, in a bunker. And so if you've been through things like that, where you felt like your heart was going to break, it's very likely that you have put up a wall. Now, the problem with this is that um, it makes it much more difficult for you to give and receive love. Uh, it makes it more difficult for you to find your soulmate. It makes it more difficult for you to really create uh, what you want to create in your life because see the best creative ideas that you'll ever have and the best creative ideas that your clients will ever have will not come from this brain it will come from this brain the brain that is in the heart and um so when people take that wall down um they find all of a sudden in many cases that creative ideas start to flow for them um it's much easier for them to get into that flow state that we talk about um, and that I'm sure many of you are trying to help your clients be in most of the time, right? Um, people fall in love who never thought they would. Um, amazing things happen. In fact, um, I have to tell you one, one of the very first stories uh, after this was after this was discovered, and this has been called the most important discovery in the history of energy medicine. Um, and I never, I never really, I mean. It was something that was shown to me actually really from above and, and 
I, the story, the whole story is in the emotion code book, which again, looks like this, right? <laughs> but um, I had a patient that came in to me one day, not long after we figured this out or after it was shown to us. And um, she said she was 28 years old. Uh, she was a nurse. And uh, she came into me because she had this really bad neck pain. And uh, she'd seen a couple of other doctors and they hadn't been able to help her. So she came in to see me. And uh, as I was talking with her, she told me that um, she, uh, she had not dated in eight years. She was single. And she said she was going to never date again. And she was going to die a single woman. And she was absolutely serious about it. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd. I don't know if I've ever met anybody who was actually celibate before. And I said, why do you feel that way? Uh, what happened to you? And she said that eight years before, she was really deeply in love with this guy who dumped her and broke her heart, right? And so, uh, so I tested her. And sure enough, um, during that breakup that was so painful, the emotional energies that she was feeling at that time became trapped in her body and formed into this wall around her heart. And so, uh, so the three emotions making up this wall and it probably took me 10 minutes to release all three of those emotions. And then according to the muscle testing, her subconscious mind said the wall was gone. And so, uh, and by the way, the moment that that last emotion was removed and the heart wall was released, guess what left her neck pain instantly gone completely. It's just amazing. Right. And so, uh, she leaves the office feeling totally fine. And I didn't see her again. She didn't come back for three months. And when she, and I'll always remember this, she walked back into my office and I saw her in the hallway and I said, Hey, how are you? I haven't seen you for a while. What's going on? And she said, you know, she said, my neck has been fine since I was here, but she said, you cleared that heart wall for me. And that really worked. She said about two weeks after I was here, I found out my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years and we're dating. We're in love. She said, and I think he's going to ask me to marry him. Right. And I just thought, wow, what an amazing shift. Right. Now you think about that and you multiply that by hundreds of thousands. And that's what's happening around the world. See, and that's what's driving this global phenomenon of the emotion code. And so uh, what we find now is that about 93% of people have put up a wall like this um, around their heart. They don't know it. It's a, it's a subconscious thing. It's, it's done unconsciously. Um, but, uh, but there is a price to be paid for having this wall. And um, you know, our goal is, uh, is ultimately to see all of the walls taken down from everyone's heart in the world. And that, that's really the big picture is uh, the world that we're headed for, the world that we're trying to create here that is coming. is going to be a world where um, everyone is going to be living from their heart. There won't be any more heart walls. And um, you see, we, uh, we feel with our heart. This is just the, the analog computer up here, right? But um, most of the world is operating from this brain. And so if you think about it, I mean, that's why here we are in 2022 and... Uh, we're still using war around the world to settle differences between nations, which is so insane, right? And um, it's because this brain doesn't feel anything. This brain is the one that feels.
And so, uh, so anyway, how important is that for you? Think about that as, uh, as a coach, right? Uh, there's a very good possibility. If you haven't looked into this, it's very likely that you have put up a wall. And so in your own coaching practice, uh, if you've got a heart wall, it's going to be more difficult for you to really connect with your clients really well. It's going to be more difficult for you to really create the kind of practice that you want and to really achieve uh, and create that perfect blueprint that lies within your heart. Because that's, I believe, what's in, uh, in each heart. Every single one of us has a perfect blueprint, I think, for what our life can be. But um, getting rid of that emotional baggage, especially that baggage that surrounds the heart, is really so important, I think, to maximizing our time here. And we don't really have a lot of time. I mean, life is short, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, what an amazing vision and what awesome stories that you've shared with us today. So why I want to ask you, how can everybody connect and find you and keep in touch if they want to release their heart walls and yeah. moving forward in their coaching practice? Well, absolutely. Our, um, our main website is at discoverhealing.com. Really simple. Discoverhealing.com. And um, uh, of course, the book is sold on Amazon. It's available on Audible if you like to listen to books. Um, all bookstores. It's available wherever books are sold. And we've got a lot of great endorsements. Of course, Tony Robbins wrote the foreword. we got great endorsements here from people like uh, Greg Braden and Joe Dispenza and um, people like that that you've probably heard of. And so... Um, so yeah, uh, by the way, if you go to discoverhealing.com, right at the very top, you can put in your name and email address and we'll send you the first two chapters of the book uh, totally free and you can check it out. And then, you know, you can decide if there's something that you want to really look into or not. But uh, uh, And also certification, all the information is there about certification uh, at discoverhealing.com. And if you're looking for somebody that uh, that can work with you, we have people all over the world and uh, just click on the practitioner button at discoverhealing.com and you'll see a Google map that will come up and you'll see uh, we have practitioners all over. And, and this work is done at a distance, okay? Um, just like most coaching, I'm sure, probably is done at a distance, right? This is the same thing. It's just that um, because we're dealing with quantum physics, really, uh, there's no barrier of distance at all. And so you might find that... Uh, um, the right person for you might be in Singapore, or maybe in Berlin, or um, who knows. So anyway, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming today. And I can't wait to see the future with, with everything. Thank you so much, Haley. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit on the call we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients how to overcome those concerns how to coach through objections how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients i can't wait to connect with you and go to haleyrow.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.